In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... The Betches Brides Podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed. Because after all, it's only one day of your life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Betches Brides Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Pellegrino. Okay, and before we jump into our amazing guest interview for today, I just want to quickly tell you guys about the new merch that we have coming out. Let me just tell you, we brainstormed a ton of new ideas based on what we're seeing out there in the bachelorette and bridal landscape. Get ready because we're going to have all new accessories for your bachelorette parties for this summer and this spring and new crewnecks for, you know, gifts for the bride and groom. We have, you know, our bride and groom crewnecks established in 2022, established in 2023 for you planners ahead. We have the wife and husband ones. We just have so much merch coming out. So go to betches.co slash bridesmerch for that. And If you love this podcast, please do me a huge favor and leave us a great review on Apple Podcasts. And you can leave five stars as well, too. We would just love that, you guys. Like, I am trying so hard to make this the podcast that you all love to hear that helps all of you brides out there. So if you love it, please review it. Let's get into our amazing interview with our fabulous guest, Jamie Pandit. She's a transgender influencer <laughs> and a recent bride, which we'll get all into the wedding details. How have you been, Jamie? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. And I know we had to reschedule a couple of times because you are a busy <laughs> woman. You're just like yes. literally doing everything. You Like the wedding is over, but it's like, I've been like just doing the most apparently. Well, you're also killing it online. Like Thank you guys you. will drop the socials at the end. You have to listen to the whole interview to get the social handles, Duh. but you need to like, you're just killing it. I literally just like, like, like. Okay. So first of all, you know, you, I'm so excited. You're our first ever transgender bride we've ever had on the podcast. That's so special. I'm so like, first of all, thank you. And I just thank you in advance for, you know, sharing your incredible experience with us. And hopefully this is the first of many because the world needs more of you. And I realize that every single day. And I feel like especially after the wedding and now that I you know, have time to kind of really digest everything and, you know, look back, I'm just like, wow, like I did this. We did this. (laughs) No, you truly did. And you're like, I feel like you're starting a movement online and it's a beautiful one. And, you know, we just need to help show that in any way we can. So, you know, I obviously researched you a ton. You had this amazing YouTube video amongst all of your amazing content where you mention that, you know, your identity as a transgender woman was a secret for a while. And you like over half my life. 
Oh my gosh. And then you made yeah. the very brave decision to, you know, come public with it and start sharing it with the world. Can you tell us about how you, that journey and how you made that decision? Yeah. I mean, long story short, I feel like there's so many details yeah. I can go into, but um, I came out to my parents when I was 15. And after that, you know, just the way representation of trans people are on the internet, um, just the way, you know, I was handled like with my parents, uh, family members, and just society in general, I decided that, you know, it was just too scary. And I didn't want to be labeled as that trans person, like, because it was such a negative connotation. So I decided that I was going to live in stealth. And I moved away. And from 17 onwards, I lived in stealth, meaning friends, um, Obviously, I had boyfriends, but their family didn't know I was trans. So over half my life, you know, I went through life living as a cisgender woman. And it was very difficult because I felt like I had to hide this huge part of myself. I couldn't celebrate milestones. And I really didn't let people in and, you know, get to know me. Like, I had to lie about having periods. And, you know, um, my ID, for example, didn't match because laws in Canada back in back then was very different than what it is now. But, you know, I had passing privilege. Uh, I'm not sure if you know what that means. But, you know, that passing privilege basically granted me access to, you know, jobs, opportunities, and just access to different things that somebody who doesn't pass, somebody certain access to different opportunities, jobs, and, you know, it just felt safe. But, especially after having, you know, my gender affirming surgery and just, um, you know, meeting my husband now, Phil, I really felt this urge that it was important that people really got to know me. Like my best friends didn't even know I was trans, um, which was again, hard to deal with. And, you know, with the wedding coming up, I didn't want people to go to another John and Sarah's wedding. I wanted people to come celebrate us and who we are. And, you know, it was putting a lot of tension in our relationship. You know, Phil is a cisgender, straight, white guy. And, you know, his family didn't know I was trans till I came out with this video. So, you know, he had to get over his fear of, you know, knowing how to support me and that how important this moment was. And so 2019, um, when he proposed, um, I think he realized that this, coming out was important to me. And, you know, 2020 was obviously hard for everybody, the pandemic and losing my job. I started creating content, putting myself out there and the wedding was coming up in 2021. And I realized that, you know, it was time for me to do this. And then one random day, like I just made the video and, you know, just let it out. And it was so scary, probably one of the scariest moments of my life because my life did change because of it. Like everything I knew changed and my relationships, just everything changed after that I pressed, you know, go live. Right. Was everyone like, was, what was the reaction kind of like both online and then like, you know, were all of the people who attended your wedding very supportive of you, hopefully? Yeah, so the way I did it was I talked to my parents first that I was going to do this, and they were obviously very scared because they didn't want to um, 
they were scared for me how I would be treated by society and, you know, if I was going to, again, have certain opportunities in life because I'm trans. And they were like, you know, well, you know, you have a man that loves you, you know, um, just move on. But they didn't realize that representation and visibility is important and it's important for me to just be myself. And then I came out to a couple of my friends, um, I think a month, two months, a few months before I came out. Just so then I felt supported, obviously. Like it wasn't just like a total shock. I think a week before I came out after the video, we told his parents. And again, like I don't think they were very accepting. They were um, understanding. But I don't think they realized that this was something I needed to tell everyone around me that I didn't want to keep it a secret because the initial reaction was, well, you know, thank you for sharing this information with us. You know, you're amazing. You're brave. We love you. But let's keep it in the family as if it's something to be shameful about. Um, so overall, like I did feel like love and support with family and friends. But I think because this is something that's not talked about and it's so new, people didn't know how to help me. And Online, like, again, like, it was definitely a shock. Like, everybody was like, what? And it was just wild. Like, I sometimes read these messages when I'm having, like, a bad day, like, the positive messages. And there were so many people that were supportive. But obviously, like, it brought on a whole world of hate and um, just stereotypes and just, like, comments that I tried to avoid for over half my life and it just reminded me of like oh my gosh this is the reason why I was living in stealth and here we go again like I feel like I came out again as a 15 year old to my parents right right well first of all thank you for sharing that with us and thank you uh, for being oh that was a lot sorry <laughs> no no thank you seriously I mean I could just listen to you talk forever no and thank you I mean again like that that's a very brave thing you did and I think you know the the timing of it like before your wedding was just you know I can't speak on behalf of your experience at all but amazing that you did that because and then amazing that you're going forth and creating all of this content from your wedding to and being open about your experience because you know historically weddings are so cisgender and so white to you know man and woman Pink married for the bridesmaids blue for the yes, bridesmaids you know and we need to show more love from all different communities and especially the trans community that is so well, important well for me especially like it was so difficult to find inspiration because I didn't see some Someone like me um, anywhere like on magazines right on Instagram social accounts like websites models luxury bridles gowns anything and I was just like I don't know where to find this information and, and it's not this is gonna sound so cheesy but I've always found inspiration within myself like I wanted to become that role model that mm -hmm. I never really had so I was like you know what this is my moment we're gonna do this <laughs> I love that. I literally got the chills when you said that. I'm not kidding. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly, Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. So Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. 
for just $98 a month. You can get your choice of any six styles. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no parameters. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees. There's no late fees, no damage fees, no fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you like lose a button. Uh-oh, I spilled something on it. Or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing all the way up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. You always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BRIDES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code BRIDES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code BRIDES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you mentioned Phil. We love Phil. I just love him through the content. I can tell. Can you tell us, like, how did you guys meet? And we love a good proposal story on here. So we need to know. Oh, yes. We like this moment. Okay. (laughs) So we met, uh, it's going to be six years this this year. We met um, through Bumble online. And it was just funny because I had just moved to Toronto and, you know, like dating in a big city is already difficult. And uh, he lived in Vaughan, which is like 35 minutes away. And uh, yeah, we met online and I'm a very, like, I love relationships. I love, love, like, that's just, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a Libra thing, but, you know, (laughs) I was always looking for that. But in a big city, there's just so many options, you know, for for all these hungry men and they don't want to settle down. So I kind of feel like I got a little cold and when we were talking, like our conversation online was like amazing. And we actually accidentally met because his profile pictures were so friggin' blurry and I accidentally <laughs> swiped it. And I remember laying in bed and I was like, like, who is this? I guess I'm bored. Like no one's responding. So I'll just like message him and see what happens. And of course he wouldn't stop talking like paragraphs upon paragraphs. And I'm like, this man, like, usually I get like, hey, how are you, babe? You know, yeah, yeah. so beautiful and some stupid, yeah, random some ass one line. Generic, right? yeah. Exactly. But he was like so interested in me and talking. And we were talking for a few weeks. And then um, I was being a little sketchy, you know, going on dates and talking to other men. And he <laughs> wrote me this like long paragraph again being like oh he was dedicated yeah he was so dedicated in his neon green shirt and his blurry pictures he no i can't like it's an iconic moment like we still have that green shirt um save that yeah like it's going down in history for sure so he writes this paragraph saying you know you're so beautiful and caring and you seem to have a good head on your shoulders blah, blah 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 and you know i'm looking for something serious if you're not let me know and I was like, oh, 
whoa, okay. And then, yeah, we went on our first date after that, and it was amazing. Our second date was literally the next day. And then I think just it just it just all happened really quickly. Phil didn't know I was trans at the time, and he didn't know for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you want me to get into that. You That's a whole get other into, thing. You can get into anything you want, <laughs> honey. This is, we got all day. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, no, it's, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was scary because, you know, you, you meet somebody and you just have this like amazing connection and we, like I said, we clicked right away. I knew like this was kind of it, like on mm-hmm. our third date, I want to say. Um, and then on my birthday, which was literally our fourth date in the same week, he was like, so, you know, I really love where things are going. Let's go to New York. Oh, my gosh. Oh, spontaneous. I was like, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, I am not this wild woman. Like, I am safety first. Like, I care about not getting chopped up somewhere. Like, <laughs> let's be safe about this. So I obviously had this anxiety. Like, okay, like, I have to tell him. Like, we got to let him know. I don't want to be, you know, that trans person that tricked him. People have to understand, like, it's something that's very difficult to talk about. Um, and it's a very intimate detail. It's not the most important thing about me, but it is part of my identity. Like, I don't think people walk around, like, with their with a banner on their head, like, this is who I am. And that's how I felt, right? Like, it's something that I didn't want to be judged on. And anyway, I have my own reasonings. So before this New York trip, I was so anxious and I wasn't like really acting like myself and then randomly again safety first ladies like do not tell your man if you're trans that you're trans while you're in your uh at home on your bed like it's like no like going back it's like why did I do that like I could have met him for coffee could have gone to a restaurant in a public space like anywhere else so I literally told him in bed that I have, to, I have to tell you something. Obviously, I got emotional, and I don't think he really understood it right away. And then he had some questions, but of course. you know, he, he got emotional too. And he was like, you know, I see you, I love you, I see you for the woman you are, like, whatever. But down the road, like years later, he did tell me like it was like difficult for him to like obviously deal with that. I needed some time to like think about if he could be that support system for me and if he could actually get over his fear and internalized transphobia. And, you know, that's, again, like, part of our journey was to, like, really get over that. And that's why, like, you know, we came out with this information. And that's part of the reason why it was all a secret till the wedding. But, yeah, and then our life just, you know, went on from that. Did he, how late after, how long were you guys dating before he proposed? So we, okay, so I told him I'm like a month later after we're mm-hmm. dating that and I'm trans and then we literally moved in together after three months. I know, very quick. You know, we knew what we wanted. The quickest are always the ones that last the longest. I swear every like person I've talked to, they're like, my parents met and got married after a month and they're still happily together till this day. It's like, why are the quickest... Always the best yeah. relationships. Well, like, why am I, what am I waiting for, right? It's like, right. you know, you know, like, let's go, let's do. Like, we don't have time to wait. So then um, after that, we got engaged three years later, 2019. Yeah. But I mean, I wanted to get engaged, like, the next day. <laughs> like, right, right. I was ready, okay? How did and I would he... drop hints. 
Yeah. How did he do it? Was it like a, you know, like private little moment in bed? Like, or was it a big grand thing? It was definitely a very big grand thing because <laughs> he, I guess, knew that he wanted to propose to me for a while, but he wanted to, you know, save up and like have that grand moment. So every vacation that we went to, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, he's doing it, right? Because he, I mean, he's a naturally a very like, sweet and romantic person Mm -hmm. but like on vacation he becomes like even like more so I'm like okay he's gonna do (laughs) it so you're always expecting it (laughs) yes and I would become so crazy if if he didn't do it like I'm just being real and then we were in Italy in 2019 and at a mossy coast yeah and I remember that day like he was acting so weird Weird. yeah (laughs) they're always it's a dead giveaway because you're like why are you talking about the weather right now like we never talk about the weather like what surprisingly because okay so we went to italy we went to like rome and then we went to amalfi and you know in my head i was like okay if he wanted to propose to me probably would have done this by now because you know obviously i want to wear my ring take pictures whatever you know be that typical i just got engaged i didn't do that like the ring photo, like that's that's not me. Epic in Italy, no, that would be no. epic though. <laughs> but I, I didn't do that. You know, like the the hand. Yeah, no, no, no. You're better than that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So wow, the, the sarcasm right now. Um. So we were in Rome, uh, then Amalfi. He didn't do it. I was like, okay, he's not gonna do it. I was a little bit grumpy, a little salty. But that day, uh, we were at the beach. I ordered like seafood because we both love it. He wasn't hungry. He wasn't really drinking. And I'm like, why are you acting so weird? But it was a very hot day. And then he uh, let me know that, you know, wear like a really, like wear a fabulous dress, whatever, if you want. We're going to take a ferry somewhere fun and pretty. I was like, okay, great. But I mean, I always dress glamorous, like flowy, long trains, whatever. So it's like, I didn't really think of it. But he took so long to get ready. Like, you know, when you're ready, Your hair's done and it's like hot. You're sweating and like this dress was so heavy. I'm like, Mm -hmm. let's go, you know, like. Yeah. And then he took so long. Oh, that's a that's a dead giveaway, too. It's like I'm supposed to be the one taking a while. But why are you suddenly? But at the time, again, I didn't think about it because he does take sometimes a while when we're going out somewhere fancy because, you know, he's trying to like match me be on the same level like he's definitely that person and yeah so we didn't get we didn't go on the ferry because of him it took too long so the ferry left and then we had to now rent a car and go up these mountains that were you know i don't know if you know amalfi but it's like scary times like i was scared for my life going up these mountains driving because the roads are so narrow and i was just like this the whole time like can't breathe can't talk just traumatized so traumatized and cranky even because now i'm hungry yeah oh mm-hmm. i feel like this is sounding so bad no <laughs> hey it's truth. so real we uh, a hangry proposal it's yeah trust like, me. i was so angry and then we get there and now i'm like oh my god the sun's setting like i didn't get a picture in my dress moment but like now I don't even care because you know I need to like, need to eat so then we get to the restaurant it's like stunning like mountain view water view like literally on top of this grand mountain it's a mountain or a hill I don't know anyway and then I go to the washroom and because he knows me well he 
actually this should this should have been the giveaway but i was just too hangry to think he goes do you want to go freshen up like go to the washroom he has never said that to me like why do you care about me going to the washroom to freshen up but i guess he knows that i always put on my lipstick or my gloss like when i'm somewhere so i go to the washroom and when i'm coming like back out i see him standing like beside the table and i'm like in my head, I was thinking, why are you standing? Like, sit down, like, chill, relax. Right. He just drove for, like, 40 <laughs> minutes. And then he did it. Oh, my god! In front gosh. of the whole restaurant. Uh, yeah. So whoever's out there proposing, like, know the giveaways and don't ask don't ask your partner to go to the washroom. <laughs> but still, yeah, I, I mean, mean, at the time, like, you don't think about it because, like, it's, like, so quick. Right, yeah, right. like, I feel like men do act weird because he even said he had this whole thing to like right. tell me that he like apparently practice, but I guess when you go down on your knee, it's like the world stops and you right. forget like what you want to say. Exactly. As long as it gets done, it's it's a okay. And that I mean, Italy, uh, the Amalfi Coast, you literally can't get better than that. So great job. Props to Phil. So, okay, we are, you know, big into weddings here at Betches Brides, and your wedding just so happened to be epic. I mean, the content from it is stunning, your dress stunning, the whole wedding amazing. Can you, let's get into the details, shall we? So, so when and where was your wedding? <laughs> so, it was August, I'm like, August 25th? No, August 28th of 2021. It was in Vaughn at uh, Copper Creek. It's a golf course in like Toronto area. Okay, perfect. So you mentioned in one of your amazing TikToks that your wedding was more than just a fusion of two cultures. Can you tell us about the significance of your wedding and why it was so significant to you and important to you? Right. So I'm Bangladeshi and Phil is Portuguese. And obviously, you know, we wanted to honor our cultures. And for me, especially growing up, I didn't think someone like me would find love, let alone get married. And I obviously didn't see, you know, somebody who was transgender getting married, um, especially to a cis straight guy. Right. And this wedding honestly felt like it was just, it wasn't just like my wedding. I felt like it was like the community's wedding. Like I know it's weird to say that, but I had so many people reach out to me just saying like, you gave me hope. You gave me, you know, inspiration. You make me feel like I can have this too. Like the young, young trans people, their parents. So it truly like just meant so much more than just like, a typical wedding it felt like a political movement almost yeah I mean there's just again so many so many emotions that I felt that day and especially now that it's been five months I have been thinking about that day and like really processing how I'm feeling and just uh honoring my journey and what I've been through to get to this place that's just so inspiring. And um, I know you mentioned the fusion of cultures. What are some actual ways like throughout the wedding that you were able to showcase both Phil's Portuguese and your Bangladeshi culture throughout? Right. Well, 
with the pandemic, it was first of all so difficult to plan a wedding and do all these like cultural things. And like, if you're South Asian, Indian, Bangladeshi, like there's so many rituals and so many weddings. Like it's not just like one event; it's like a whole one week, two week like process and event. So I didn't really get to do any of that. Like I wanted to wear a lehenga and a sari, but none of that happened. And you know, in the future, I might just like throw myself an event and just do that. But I uh, know. But on the wedding day, um, I think it's just like some of the food, like the appetizers we had were South Asian. Um, you know, we had a seafood buffet, which is like a, a Portuguese thing. They're having a midnight uh, seafood buffet, and then we had dancers. So we had like Bollywood dancers at the reception. We had Portuguese dancers, um, just like different things like that. Like even like. Being trans, obviously, you know, the, the pink, blue, and white colors were really important to me. So having that in some of the floral aspects, um, Phil's cufflinks, which was so cute. Um, my bouquet had, like, the ribbon. So, again, it, these are details people wouldn't see, really, or... Right. They make it special. They don't even care about. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's, like, a special meaning to us. Like, even his suiting. So he had such an extra groom. He had two um, outfit changes. <laughs> Actually, three, technically. Three. Not even Honestly, two, three. I, I love that. I more grooms. <laughs> no, more grooms should do that. That's like the first time I've heard of grooms having an outfit change, but it makes sense. Yeah, three. Three. I had, I guess, I had one. I, well, two, technically. Well, because you had sleeves, yeah. right? I had different you... sleeves and I had like a whole removable train option, but I didn't right, like change right. my dress. I mean, I wasn't going to get out of that dress. It was too beautiful. No, that, you got to keep that dress suiting, on. Yeah, his suiting had like, you know, he was honoring like the South Asian culture, uh, the Portuguese culture, and like our life together inside the lining of his suit. So it was like a very special detail. Oh, I love that. I like that you had both like, you know, the the details that the that the guests could all enjoy, like the dancers, but also the subtle ones that just were kind of more between you, you two and made it special and unique to you. I just that's beautiful. That's beautiful. We wanted people to feel like it was an experience, not just like, hello, I'm going to a wedding and then we're going to have dinner, our soup, you know, and then that and do the dancing and call it a night you know we we wanted to have these performances and you know fun activities to kind of like get everyone involved and honestly I'm not even gonna lie like it was the best wedding I've ever been to and I'm saying yes camera and like I'm not ashamed of it whatever (laughs) but like it really was okay Mm -hmm. and every single person said they had the best time ever so I do not doubt that for a second the multicultural weddings go hard like they're just so fun the dancing the it's like people get like hype when they're learning something new about another culture or like it's it's so much fun and we did like our whole like Bollywood performance too like me and the bridesmaids like that was obviously so special Oh, yeah. We need to talk about that because first of all, okay, talk about that a little bit more. Why was it so special? Okay, I don't want to get emotional about this one, but maybe you I can. will. I okay. I love tears. Okay, girl. <laughs> so my sister wasn't at the wedding. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I uninvited her. I have not said this to like anywhere. I feel like this is the first time anybody's hearing this. Uh, yeah, obviously my wedding party knew, but can you tell us why? Yeah, I just 
didn't want uh, someone to say they love and accept me, but not have my nephew nieces come to the wedding because of exposure, you know, LGBTQ plus exposure and say they're uncomfortable. So it's like, if you're uncomfortable, don't come. I think, well, I think that's very inspiring to other brides because we get that question all the time. Like, can I uninvite my mom even or like siblings or anybody in the family? And it's so tough because like a direct family member, it's so hard to do that. But I think it's such the the right thing to do and the brave decision to uninvite people, even if they are your direct family, because ultimately you want people who are going to fully love and accept you and not just say it. Yeah, like growing up, I felt again, like I was disgusting, filthy, dirty, gross, that I shouldn't be around people, children. And I felt really bad about myself. And on this day, I wanted people to be there because they truly celebrate me and Phil and what we've gone through as a couple and celebrate love and you know queer love, LGBTQ plus love, whatever. And to hear that I love and support you, but you know, this is against my religion, I'm uncomfortable and, you know, the kids couldn't come. Um, it's something I honestly still cry about almost every day. Sorry. Um it's really difficult for me to process that my nephews and nieces weren't there. And yeah, but I know ultimately it's the right decision I made because at the end of the day, if somebody wasn't there for me during some of the really tough times, they shouldn't be there for me during one of the most important parts, most important days of my life. So this dance, I didn't realize this till actually like a month ago. And when I posted that video, was that I used to dance this song with my sister a lot um, when we were kids. And because she wasn't there, I thought, uh, I guess subconsciously I chose that song and danced with my bridesmaids to honor like my culture and like love. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're literally making me tear up just because I, you're just so amazing for being so vulnerable with us. I mean, that dance looked so epic. Logistically, how did you get the bridesmaids to learn it? Because that I can't imagine was easy. Well, yeah, it was like five or six of us and they all live in different parts of Canada so it was hard to like have everyone together and practice. So literally, kid you not, for a whole year, like whenever I would see somebody at a party or would have a get together and you know, with the pandemic, I barely saw anybody. So we didn't get to practice a lot. So whenever I would see somebody like two of them together or one of them at a time, we would practice. And then the week before the wedding, we all stayed at a house together and you know, got to spend time together. So then we definitely did some practices together and it honestly came out so beautiful and it was such an epic moment. Like everybody was like, what? Like this is amazing. No, it looked so amazing. I want to talk about some of the wedding traditions that you did and didn't do. 
So you did, speaking of your bridesmaids, you did a first look with your bridesmaids. How did that go? It was so special because, so I had my two maid of honors help me get into this dress, which is like so heavy and so complicated, like using the washroom. It's like, whew. So they knew how to like work the dress. And it's funny because one of my dressing like appointments, I literally had to bring them on and then the dressmaker had to give them instructions like how to you know, fix the train, how to like put it on. So they knew exactly what to do because it was so complex. So that was really special that that time with them in the room getting dressed. And then when the bridesmaids like saw my dress, because again, nobody, I mean, people had an idea that, you know, I would obviously do something a little bit more bolder and sexier. And like, I love like poofy sleeves, obviously. Um, But they didn't realize like how intricate and how like, wow it was gonna be I mean I custom made the whole thing so it was it was the most beautiful dress ever and it can you tell us about the removable sleeves because I think a lot of brides love this idea for like changing up the look without having to change the whole dress yeah so I liked okay so I feel like my style is very like boho sexy and um glam at the same time so I wanted to have different parts of dress like even like the sheer aspect like I wanted to do something sexy and sheer so with the sleeves I felt like I wanted the different options it feels like it's a totally different look because I even did my hair a little bit differently for the reception so with the poofy sleeves I feel like it was perfect for that princess moment with like the tool um uh train for the ceremony and then I just took it off and then clipped on the other little sleeves for the reception the only advice, though, I would tell future brides is that make sure that it's actually like clipped on and secure because it was just like an easy clip on thing. When I was dancing, it kept like flying off. And obviously, I was like, let's just move right. on, let's keep dancing. But that was annoying. So make sure it's secure. That's a good point. Because like, I don't know, you just like you said, in the in the moment, it's like you you don't care. But just one less thing to have to worry about. You don't want to be pulling. Yeah. Like sleeve. And I kept worrying about like, Oh my God, it's going to snap. I did for a second. Like, and then I, I just took it off and I wore my original sleeves for the rest of the reception. Cause I wanted to be comfortable. But yeah, like that was definitely yeah, annoying, right. especially when you spend that. Much yeah, time for sure. I like the <laughs> removable train though too. So you can really make that wow factor for the ceremony and then like remove it so that you, I don't know. I just love a, yeah. Like my, my inspiration was definitely like, you know, Cinderella, like running through the forest, fell asleep, you know, on a bed of flowers, woke up from a Spanish dream. <laughs> like this explanation makes sense to nobody but me. But that was my vision. And that literally was my dress a year and a half later coming from Israel. I love it. Um, so speaking of wow factor, you made a video of like you floating down the aisle so powerfully. I mean, it's just like what... <laughs> You were, and you described it as, you know, the most important walk of your life. Like, can you just tell us about that moment and what it meant to you? And then also, if you notice in the video, you're not walking, you're not being escorted with anybody. Like, why did you, what did that mean? So this was like a whole thing on TikTok and on Instagram. Everybody's like, oh my God, were your parents at the wedding? Do they like hate you because you're trans? They don't support you. There was so much drama and it's like people are like you know 
your in-laws must not like you, blah, blah, blah. Like all these assumptions. Ugh, I hate people. So I, I've addressed some of it and I'm still like working through some of them. I'm just like, okay, like honestly, this is too much. But for me, um, I moved away from my, from home when I was 17. And for me, I realized that as much as my parents obviously love me and, you know, they have grown so much as parents and human beings, at the end of the day, this really was my journey. Like I got myself here. So I think a traditional thing is, you know, for people to feel like their parents are going to walk them and then, you know, down the aisle and then offer them to the uh, husband, like they're both or something. It's <laughs> like, such a weird historical meeting. That's what happens in some, that's what happens in some cultures, like even my culture, like I'm not right, a goat. Right, Like I'm a human, not a goat. So I'm making this funny. Yeah. This is how I deal with things, like with humor. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wanted to walk alone because I wanted to honor this moment for myself that, you know, I got myself here and I wanted to almost like reflect as I was walking like I was thinking about all the little Jamies. I was thinking about the little Jamie that, you know, dreamt about this moment, that forest wedding. And now I'm doing this. And then I was even thinking about just people like, you know, people that have died, trans people in the, in the past that have, you know, have allowed me to have this right now to be able to even get married. So there was definitely a lot of thinking I was doing as I was walking, which some people actually like pointed out. I was like, you look like you were like, like you're breathing air and you're there's just like, something in your eyes you can tell just so much is it's such a powerful moment for you you can tell by your eyes looking at the video that's i mean it's and i it's it's, it's also weird like i feel like i forgot about like everyone else mm-hmm. i was just looking at phil i was so like hyper fixated and that's all i was thinking like he was i was looking at him and i was thinking about just our life together our journey and just how much this wedding hopefully inspires just brides in general, but obviously, you know, trans women and trans people. Yeah. And that, I mean, I'm so glad you had that moment because it seriously just was such a special moment. It looked like. I just felt, yeah, like really proud of myself. Like, like, wow, like I'm here and I did this. Like that's, I think, yeah, that's the, that's the feeling like proud and like powerful powerful. Right, right. So before we move on to our games, I was looking through your videos and there's so many people just like thanking you since they've never seen a woman of color from the LGBTQ plus community like this, like represented in such a great way, especially brides. So what advice would you give to those people, you know, especially trans women who are planning their weddings right now? Like any just advice? I think the biggest thing, I mean, trans women in general is that there, it, it, it is, it's hard out there. It's, it's a hard, hard world to live openly um, as a trans person and then to find love. So I think just not giving up, keep being yourself, keep fighting, keep believing in love and that hope that it happens because I think that's just my personality in general. Like a relationship didn't work out, a dating situation didn't work out, but it's like, okay, it's going to work out. Let's go. Um, With weddings too, I think this might sound a little wild and forward of me, but do not marry a guy 
that is marrying you to hide you. Like trans women deserve to be celebrated. So if you're getting married and if you're planning a wedding, like get married to the person who actually celebrates your identity and is not afraid to show you off to the world and to his family and to friends. That's going to stick by your side so you can truly be yourself. Because again, like I have been in relationships where I've had to hide my identity for seven years, a year, months, you know, and it's not a good feeling and no one deserves to live like that. So if you're trans, you're getting married, please make sure that, you know, your partner truly celebrates you for you. Love that. Thank you so much. We, the world needs more, more fills too, because I mean, he's, yeah. Like, I feel like we talk about me a lot, but it, like, Phil is a, such a gem and he is literally breaking generational curses and toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and all of that. And, and he partakes in your content too, like in your videos. I know. And it's, <laughs> which is such a listen, sweet this thing. Man <laughs> is so reserved. No, but he's so reserved and he's so conservative in some ways, but he realizes that, you know, seeing him visible online is really important for um, obviously women, like trans women, but also just cisgender men, because it gives them that inspiration to, you know, be attracted and love trans women. And, and a lot of these men are, but they're just scared of what people will think. So they don't do For that. sure. Well, thank you so much. Now, after that amazing interview, we're going to play Unpopular Opinions. We just say whether we agree or disagree with each of these and why wedding related things. Okay. So the first one is welcome bags are necessary and make guests feel special. Snacks and water is key in hotels. Like the welcome bags you get in hotels. Are they necessary? Do we think? Like in hotels? Like like for your guests, like when you, a lot of like, like you'll stock the hotels with these like welcome bags that have like like a destination wedding maybe. yeah or some domestic weddings too but like yeah mainly destination weddings where people have to travel to them to like to the wedding you'll have at whatever hotels they're staying at like a bag for each room that has like yeah i guess it depends on the situation like i mean if the guests are like paying for their own ticket and traveling and like spending a lot more money to be somewhere like I think it's a cute idea but I don't know like for a domestic wedding I just don't think that's really necessary it's like extra cost I could go towards literally your dress your flowers anything else like it's a waste of money and I'm gonna say something else like even those like guest favors like it's a no ma'am no miss no thank you for me because it's true no, but like who wants a like a water glass with my name and my husband's name and take it home? Like it's so tacky. Like I'm gonna say it for everybody, but it's so tacky. Like nobody wants that candle. Nobody wants I'm that laughing because frame. this like this podcast, we're changing the name from Betch's Brides to Anti Favors because everybody like it's if you don't know now by now, now you know, like nobody does favors anymore like we just don't and no like you should feel special invited you to come right, to my right. wedding or like we always I always say like do food instead like put the money that you were going to put towards like 
flip-flops to send home with each guest or a candle, put that money towards food, like a late night food or um, like, I don't know, a cool food truck or something or I don't, whatever. People eat. Like for us, yeah, like for us, I mean, we had food and everything, obviously, for the late night. But for us, the guest fever money, we actually put it towards a charity. Um, when I was 16, I was homeless. And I we put the money towards that organization because, obviously, it's meaningful. And it's going somewhere that's going to help um, oh. other LGBTQ plus kids. So it wasn't like wasting like $1,000 on like flip-flops. It's going to Okay, fuck the food idea. Do that because that truly I no, that is I love <laughs> yeah. that so much. Wow. Oh my god. No, but the food is good too. I mean, like honestly, like if you're dancing like for like hours and then like you get hungry, right? So the food is good. It's good to have some sort of snack. You have to do a whole right. thing. Like we did a whole thing <laughs> that I never even got to eat. But I like yeah. the charity idea. Or if like you're like a, a really snack. nice couple, just say the charity instead of gifts and see if people do that. Um, okay. So yeah. to the, to agree. Yeah, true. But very true. Nice yeah. Oh, cash. Well, no more cutting boards with our initials on them. We have plenty of those. So welcome bags are necessary. We kind of disagree with this one. Okay. So the next one is it's rude to have open seating where you're not assigning tables. Do we agree or disagree? That's a mess. I feel like I can't imagine people like fighting over like where they want to sit and like, I'm not going to sit there because I don't like that person. I don't like that person. Like, no, you're going to sit here, be a decent human being. We're adults and you're going to have a good time. Not going to lie. I've been to an open seating wedding. It's a shit show. It's, it was so stressful. I was like, I just like when somebody tells me where to go, I think at weddings, we, we don't realize you need that and you need, guests need to be told exactly what to do at all times. Like they need to be told when to get up and dance, when to move, where to walk through to get from the ceremony to the reception. Like they, you with, when you have a big pack of people, the more you can just tell them where to be and when the better. So open seating, unless you're having a very small outdoor backyard wedding, sure then do that. But if you're having like a our standard 100 person plus wedding, assign tables. You don't have to assign seats, but assign tables. Yes, tables. Well, yeah, like assigning seats, like that's like, I feel like an extra cost to like, like, hi, my name is Nicole. Hi, my name is Jamie. And it's like, again, that money, like those name tags can go towards anything else. Such a random detail that does not need that's to be a good point like the more you want to assign seats that you need to the little name tags i didn't even and the wedding industry is expensive okay like that little name tag maybe costs like five dollars five times 200 yeah. yeah up and then printing and then shipping of the ta- it all adds up it adds up uh, so yeah i don't think it's rude to have open seating but i agree like don't have it so okay last and final unpopular opinion Honeymoon should be right after the wedding. What did you guys do for I mean, your honeymoon? We didn't even go on honeymoon. Oh, you didn't? <gasps> no, we didn't because the wedding, honestly, like that whole, the wedding, it was just wild because we almost canceled it because of the pandemic. Um, so we kind of got everything together in literally two months, even less actually. 
So we needed a break after the wedding just to kind of like do nothing. And that's what we did. We took a week off and just like, you know, went to restaurants, walked around, cuddled a lot, watched Netflix, you know, spent time with our dogs, um, just have like a us time. Because I feel like when you go through such a process and then you go to the honeymoon right after, it's like, like you don't get to relax. Because even the honeymoon, like you're doing things. You know, taking photos, videos, I don't know what people do. That's what I would be doing as a content creator, still like posing, wearing my big long dresses. So yeah, we haven't gone, but I would love to obviously go this year. We still haven't really talked about it. Um, cause again, with traveling, it's hard to plan. Who knows? Yeah. You know, pandemic times, it's hard. So I, I mean, that's the thing. It's impossible to plan at all in pandemic times, let alone a, a big honeymoon two-week honeymoon but I think the general consensus these days is no don't go right after the wedding which is yeah screw the rules like make your wedding like a big show like I feel like I am iconic I'm the bride of 2021 (laughs) and I'm gonna continue being like I'm gonna continue being the bride this year you know pretend like I got married yesterday but it was five months ago hence why I'm wearing white so, oh yeah I d- yeah let's that. just like you know make my wedding dreams keep happening uh keep doing wedding related things events honeymoon next year the year after who knows you know bring up wedding conversations all the time speaking of you still talking about your wedding where can everybody find you and your amazing wedding content so just jamie p and on tiktok which is just jamie Pandit, Pandit is my last name. Yes. I really want to thank you for including me, you know, for this podcast, obviously, but also featuring me on Instagram, just because I feel like a lot of uh, wedding platforms, just the online space in general, do not really represent and show visibility of trans people. You know, we'll talk about that cool gay white couple, you know, we'll talk about the sexy lesbians. But, you know, trans people, it's like, we can't talk about that. It's too wild. Thank you so much, Jamie. It's truly an honor to speak to you and talk about your story and to feature you. So thank you. There's more where that, where that came from. So we love you on behalf of all of the Betches Brides. We love you. Thank you so much. Until death do us part. The Betches Brides podcast is produced by Nicole Pellegrino, Sean Kilby, and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Brides and send us your emails to brides at betches.com. Betches.